Well, this morning I want to uh, encourage you and I want to talk to you about uh, positioning yourself for a breakthrough. How many of you would like a breakthrough in your life? That's kind of a, you know, like a no-brainer. How many of you would like an amazing breakthrough in your life? Well, I'm hoping to stir you up today and encourage you. I love hearing testimonies of people that experience breakthroughs. How many of you had a breakthrough recently in your life? You know, uh, some friends of Tanya and I's were sharing with us just recently. They were sharing, they were praying and believing God for a breakthrough in their finances because the nature of their business was in the winter months, their finances would drop off, but, uh, because of the nature of their business. And so they were believing God to, to increase their finances, stabilize their finances. And man, sure enough, God opened the door and just dropped a blessing right into their lap. And they, and they rejoicing and we're high-fiving them with, you know, we're rejoicing. How many of you know the Bible says you should rejoice with those that rejoice? Amen. And so I love to hear that, you know. I mean, I, I never get tired of hearing when God just breaks through for one of his children. You know, Wednesday night I was in the lobby just talking to a few people, and I was talking to this young lady, and she was telling me that um, uh, back last year, she uh, first of all, she, she was raised in a very, uh, you know, just uh, bad situation, a hostile environment, right? And so she came through all that, and she got in a relationship, which in her mind, she was going to get married and everything was going to work out great, but only to find out that the relationship suddenly ended. She was devastated. And she was telling me that she got depressed. She got so depressed that she was thinking about taking her own life. But then God got a hold of her heart. And she was, she was testifying. How God has totally changed her life. 360 degrees. She's got the joy of the Lord in her life. She's, she's furthering her education. She's found her purpose and she's got great hope for the future. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Aren't you glad to hear people? I was thinking about, you know, personal breakthroughs in my own life. I remember when I first became a Christian and, um, you know, I started feeling this tug at my heart to go into full-time ministry. And I worked in the oil field, you know, and it's like, well, you know, whenever you think about going from the rigs in the Gulf to ministry, it's like, okay, like who in their right mind is going to hire somebody that didn't go to seminary, didn't go to Bible college, has no credentials, and let them on their staff to be a pastor, right? And then, and then the Lord just changed that situation for me. Next thing I knew, I was helping the youth pastor, just serving him, helping him, just minister to the youth. And, and all of a sudden, uh, a sign, a, a new assignment came up for the youth pastor and he was taking a new assignment and Brother Francis came to me and he said, how about you be the youth pastor? Oh my goodness. What? Well, first of all, I turned white like a sheet, you know, it's like, but on the, on the, on the other hand, it's like, only God can do this. Come on, are y'all hearing me this morning? You see, listen, you know what I believe? I believe that you need a breakthrough to fulfill the destiny of God in your life. You need a breakthrough. In fact, you remember when David was first called in, into ministry? He was called as king. He, he was 30 years old. He was just starting out in ministry. And then all of a sudden, the Philistines heard about it. And they started rallying the troops to come against David. 
And David needed a breakthrough. And the Bible says that in, in, um, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, this is what David said. So David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Belperazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Bel. Belpirazim, which means the Lord who bursts through. God is the God of the breakthrough. And I don't know where you are today, but there's a good chance that you need a breakthrough in your life. You might need a financial breakthrough. You might need a relational breakthrough. You might need a mental or emotional breakthrough. There's a good chance that you need a breakthrough. And can I just submit to you that whether you think you need a breakthrough or not, God's got a breakthrough for you because he's not done with what he wants to do in your life. He's got more in store for you. Amen. And so I want to encourage you today. I want to, I want to just maybe fan the, the, the flame of the fire of God in you to say, listen, don't quit living yet, man. If you're breathing, you're hearing my voice. God has something in more in store for you this morning. Can I get an amen this morning? Now, I want to give you a couple of principles that I believe can position you for a breakthrough. And I, I want to bring those, pull those principles out of a passage of scripture in Mark chapter six. And we're going to read a few verses there. And we're just going to open this up a little bit. In Mark chapter six and verse one, it says, Jesus went out from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many listeners were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what is the wisdom given to him and such miracles as they performed by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his own relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no miracle there except that he laid hands on a few people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. Now, during one of Jesus's ministry ministry trips, he ends up going to his hometown of Nazareth to teach and to do ministry. That's what this scripture says. And he be, as he began teaching and ministering to the people, like he always did everywhere he went. And it was very common for people to experience when Jesus showed up and he began to teach and preach that miracles began to happen. And, and so open eyes, blind eyes were open, deaf ears were open, healing of all manner of sickness and disease. He was delivering people from demonic oppression. He even raised the dead. Come on, miracles happen when Jesus shows up. How many of you know that? See, breakthrough after breakthrough, miracle after miracle happened everywhere that Jesus went. But when Jesus got to Nazareth, the Bible says he could hardly do any miracle. Why was that? Why was the anointed one able to do miracles everywhere he went? But when he went to his hometown, there was very few miracles that happened. That's a good question, isn't it? And so I think the passage gives us the two principles to positioning your life to receive miracles. Because I believe this in church, in Christianity, all over the world, there are people that are getting breakthroughs and there are people that are not getting breakthroughs. 
And I want to encourage you today to position yourself to receive a miracle in your life. And I want to give you a high five and rejoice with you as God gives you a a breakthrough. Amen. And so the first principle is this. you got to cultivate genuine honor for the Lord. Now, in verse 4, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his own relatives, and his own household. And he could do no miracle there. Now listen, I want you to notice the first seven words of verse 5. And it says this, And he could do no miracle there. What? Jesus could do no miracle there. Notice it does not say that Jesus would not do any miracle there. It says that he could not do any miracle there. Why was it that Jesus could do no miracles? I think it's clear it was because of their lack of honor. The principle is the honor principle. Look in verse 3. This is what they were saying. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary. And by the way, when they said the son of Mary, it was in biblical times, they never addressed somebody as the, as a son of the, of the wife. It was always the husband. It was in a dishonoring way. Isn't this Mary's son? Jesus or, or James, isn't he the brother of Joseph and James and, 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 and Simon and, and his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. The scripture says that the, the true translation of that is they tripped over him. And so the problem was the people of Nazareth viewed Jesus as just a common man. That was the problem. He's just a carpenter. He's just Mary's son. He's just the brother of these other guys. And so and they, they, they even took offense with him, like they had disdain for him. And so verse 4 exposes the root of problem. And Jesus says, only in his hometown, among his relatives in his own house, is a prophet without honor. How many of you know Jesus was a prophet, priest, and king? Right? The reason why the people of Nazareth were experiencing weren't experiencing miracles is because they had no honor for Jesus. Now, how does that apply to you? See, the lack of honor hinders us from experiencing a breakthrough. And so, you know, the question is, am I really honoring the Lord? Could it be possible that our lack of honor for the Lord is hindering us from experiencing miraculous breakthroughs? I think it is. You see, because honor precedes miraculous breakthroughs. It's a biblical principle. Honor precedes biblical breakthroughs. Amen? And see, the problem with the Nazarenes was they were just treating Jesus as common. And see, listen, familiarity can breed contempt. And when you've been in church a while, you can all of a sudden start viewing Jesus as just a common man. He's not a common man. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the creator of all the world. Amen? And so there's three ways that we can develop honor for the Lord. Deepen our honor for the Lord. Because I believe the more honor we have, the more God's power and presence we can experience. We honor the Lord when we cultivate a genuine love and reverence for Him. In Matthew 15, 8, it says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In order to truly honor the Lord, how many of you know that our worship and our service to God has to get just past routine and ritual? 
It has to get beyond lip service. And it has to get down into our heart. It has to come out of our heart. Amen? Our love and worship of God has to be genuine. It has to be sincere. And it has to be heartfelt. Jesus, you know, whenever he said that, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He was talking about the religious leaders. He was talking about the Pharisees. Jesus was speaking about, about the, he called them hypocrites. You know what a hypocrite is? It's one who pretends to be what he is not. And so, you know, listen, the Pharisees, were more concerned about their outward appearance of worship than they were concerned about what was really going on inside of them. How many of you know you can look like you're full blown on in love with God and you're really not? Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, it has to be sincere. It has to be genuine. It has to somewhere, somehow get down into your heart and get past this mind of ours, right? Come on, if you agree with that, say amen. Honoring the Lord means giving the Lord our best. In Malachi chapter 1, God was speaking to the priests there. In verse 6, he says, A son honors his father. A servant honors his master. I am your father and master. Yet you do not honor me, O priest, but you despise my name. Who? Us, you say? When did we ever despise your name? When you offer polluted sacrifices on my altar, polluted sacrifices, when have we ever done a thing like that? Every time you say, don't bother bringing anything very valuable to offer to God. Wow. And that just pricks my heart. True worship is sacrifice. True worship is heartfelt. And I'm afraid in America we've gotten religious and our Christianity has gotten more and more surfaced and we're failing to sit at the feet of Jesus and worship Him in sincerity and honesty and without pretense. You see, the priests were dishonoring the Lord because they were worshiping the Lord with polluted and defiled sacrifices. And I think, how could we do that? What we do during the week and what we bring to the altar on Sunday. See, the priests were bringing blind sacrifices to God. They were bringing them sick and lame animals as sacrifice. And the Lord says to the priests, try giving those kinds of polluted offerings to your governor. See if that kind of offering pleases him. Their worship was less than genuine. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? In Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. With all That is the first and the greatest commandment in the Bible. We honor the Lord when we humbly and reverently and sincerely worship God. Amen? A, a second way to develop the principle of honor is number two. We honor the Lord when we put Him first in our life. And, you know, more in Matthew 6, you know, I know it's a verse you're familiar with. It says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first. Seek first means it has your relationship with God has to be a priority, not an add on. Amen. Come on, y'all help me preach this morning. 
It, it can't be an add-on. It, you know, listen, seek first means it's a top priority and it's importance in our daily life. We should put God first in our everyday schedule. First, first thing we do. First means all important. Again, we honor him when we make him most important and more important than anything. You know, some people would not dare. Come on. I, I better not go there. You see, I, I drink coffee. Do y'all drink coffee? The coffee pot. I make a beeline for the coffee. I stumble to the coffee pot. It's important, right? And I realize this. What I do in every day is, is a reflection of what's important to me. And I can't say, God, you're important, but neglect him all day. Come on, can I say that? You see, it, my, my schedule reflects my priority. We should put him first in our schedule of every week. In Exodus 28, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Keep the Sabbath day means to set apart unto the Lord. And so practicing the Sabbath day is a weekly practice of declaring your allegiance and your commitment to God. It's giving God the first fruits, the first and the best of your week. See, Sunday's the first day, not Monday. Amen? And when you honor the Lord every day and every week, He's taking first place in your life. Come on, if you receive that, say amen. But hear it. We should put God first in our finances. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your, honor the Lord with your wealth and from the first of all you produce. Did you know you can honor or dishonor the Lord by the way you spend your money? Right? That's what the scripture is saying there. Your tithe is a way for you to honor the Lord. You know, I was thinking about this and, you know, how many of you remember Brother Ernest and Miss Kit? Y'all remember them? Miss Kit, you know, she passed away last, I think last year. But I remember, you know, going to see her uh, the day that she passed away. And, and you've heard me tell this story, but it's, it bears repeating. Whenever I got to Miss Kit's bedside, I, I never saw anybody that had such a glow on their countenance like Miss Kit. And she was, I didn't know it at the time, but just hours away from glory. And, and she was, she could barely get any words out. And, and I was just kneeling at her bedside, just holding her hands. We prayed together and she was trying to utter something to me and I couldn't understand. And her son was able to understand. And he says, what she's saying is her tithe is right there. Make sure you don't leave without picking up her tithe. And I'm thinking, my goodness. This lady's hours away from glory. And all she had in her heart was, I want to honor the Lord. Folks, I, I'm in kindergarten. I got, I got a long way to go in my honor of the Lord. If you want a breakthrough, you got to learn to honor the Lord. With your schedule, with your finances. You gotta honor the Lord with your life. Amen. You gotta put Him first. You know, think about it with me. Those of you that are married, if you're married and you say, honey, I honor you, but you neglect your spouse. 
Is that honoring to your spouse? No. Spending time showing her, showing him that they're important. That's how you honor them, right? Amen. Come on, if you got that, say, I got that. A third way to develop the principle of honor is number three. We honor the Lord when we honor others. You know, we're living in a dishonorable society. And, and so we got to learn honor. In 1 Peter 2.17, it says, Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor all people, not some, all people. Black, white, brown, rich, poor, young, old. We honor people like us, people unlike us. We honor Americans, Asians, Hispanics, Arabs, Indians. We honor everybody. We honor our government officials. We honor church leaders. We honor our parents. We honor children and grandchildren. We honor friends and family. We honor all people because all people are made in the image and likeness of God. We must remember, in the presence of honor is the presence of God. When you get to heaven, there's going to be an atmosphere of honor. And every tongue, tribe, and nation is going to be there. And you better drop your dishonor. And you better pick up honor if you want to be honorable in the presence of God. Amen? Come on, we got to honor all people. Enough of dishonor. I believe it attracts God's presence. Attracts God's presence. Come on, are you receiving that today? How do you position yourself for a breakthrough? First of all, you need to develop honor for the Lord, reverence for the Lord, respect for the Lord. I used to refer to the Lord. I'm, I'm just going to say this and just move on. I used to refer to the to the Lord as the big man upstairs, and you know what? He he is a big man, right? And he is upstairs, downstairs, and every stair. But you know what? In my heart, I just got convicted about. We got to be careful how we even relate to the Lord. He's not our, our, our buddy. Amen. He is our friend, but we can't treat him like a common man, like the Pharisees and the scribe did. We need to reverence him. We need to respect him. We need to honor him. We need to love him. Because he is worthy of it. Wouldn't you say? The Lord is worthy of glory and of honor. Amen. Second principle of getting a breakthrough is this. Deepening your faith in the Lord. I want you to notice something in verse 5. He could do no miracle there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. See, because they saw him as common, they lacked faith. Unbelief is an obvious obstacle that hinders our breakthrough. So a good question to ask is, what exactly is unbelief? Unbelief is simply a lack of trusting God's ability to meet our needs. Right? It's a lack of trusting God to meet our needs. You see, look. Unbelievers are out there like they don't know God. But in church, it's unbelief. See, we know what God says. The question is, are we going to believe it? Are y'all with me? See, he was talking about his home people. He was talking about the religious. He was talking about the Pharisees. And so we need to work on this. Unbelief 
always has and always will be an obstacle to getting our breakthrough. Remember the Israelites suffered greatly because of their unbelief. You know, listen, Hebrews 3.19 says, we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. So let me tie anxiety in right here. Let me tie fear in right here. Don't you think that anxiety and fear is a fruit of unbelief? And don't you think faith and peace is a fruit of faith? Come on, are we going to trust God? Are we going to trust God? Come on, let me ask you again. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust God? Come on, I need an answer from you today. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust God? God has a miracle breakthrough for you. Amen. Faith is the characteristic that always attracts the favor and blessing of God. You see, Abraham on the other, you see, you know, the Israelites didn't go into the promised land. Abraham, on the other hand, he put his trust in God. And remember, you know, remember Abraham was told his descendants would be like the stars in the sky. Problem was he was an old man. His wife was very old and, and he had no children. And the Lord says, you're going to have all these descendants. But Abraham experienced a miraculous breakthrough. Why? He trusted God. And so, you know what I found? I got to work on trusting God. Because I don't like sometimes what comes out of my own mouth. Well, I hope you know that this works. No, no, no. Shouldn't I say the Lord is going to work it out? Come on, I need to deal with unbelief in my own life. And when I'm molly grubbing and oh, that that's never going to happen. That's never going to change. That come on, enough of unbelief. Let me trust God. Let me believe God that He's going to give me a breakthrough. Come on, say Amen if you believe that. Amen. Romans 4.20 says, Yet without respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but drew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. God, or Abraham rather, received the son of promise because he trusted God. He trusted God. So listen, to deepen your faith, I believe, you need a clear, defined faith goal. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. What is something you want? What is the breakthrough that you need? See, you know what I found? Christianity in America is pretty easy. When you go to third world countries, you find out you might lose your head if you profess Christ. You might be kicked out of that family if you profess Christ. You might be excluded from your inheritance if you profess Christ. Serving God has a greater price tag to it, right? And so I found that even in Christianity, we can be serving God, but just, you know, we trusted God for salvation. Then after that, we're just going to live in this, in this place of, of, of critical, doubtful, unbelieving, attitude. And God is saying, enough with that. Why don't you put your faith and trust with me? I'm ready to do a miraculous breakthrough in your life. Will you just believe me to give you that breakthrough? Amen. What is your breakthrough that you need? Is it relational? 
Is it physical? Is it financial? What is the breakthrough you need? What is, what would you like God to do in your life? I found that you need to have an object of faith, that you need to have something. Listen, you know, I really believe this, that, that to receive a miraculous breakthrough, you have to identify what you wanting God to break through in. Does that make sense? A clear cut goal, but it's like weights. You know, those of you that are in the gym, you put weights on the bar and you press it. And as you press the weight, it builds your muscle. You know, whenever you trust God for something, whenever you trust God and listen, it takes no faith to believe for something that's a, a no brainer, right? But it takes faith to believe when you're not sure how the outcome is going to be. And I believe what God is telling us is like, hey, let's deepen our faith in him. Let's, let's position ourselves for a miraculous breakthrough. And I believe that this morning that God is wanting to release faith in your heart for you to have a miraculous breakthrough. Listen, you know what? I think sometimes we get comfortable with where we've been and where we're at and we have no desire, no drive, no passion, no hunger, no, no, nothing in us that wants to move forward. And God is saying, hey, would you get up? Would you stick would you put your face towards me? Would you start believing me for great breakthroughs, miraculous breakthroughs? And I believe your breakthrough is on the horizon and God wants to give you a breakthrough. Amen. What is it that you need? God wants to give you a breakthrough. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. He said, everything is possible to him that believes. Now remember, he said that when the father brought a demonized son to him and said, can you heal it? Your disciples couldn't. Could you? And Jesus said, can I? Everything is possible to him who believes. Whenever you read the Gospels, you'll see that every time people had total faith in God, God gave them a breakthrough. And the people that had religiosity but they weren't had, they didn't have genuine, true, sincere faith and honor of God and believed Him and trusted Him. You see that they didn't have breakthroughs. I'm wondering in this house right here, how many Nazarenes we have and how many Abrahams we have because we are the children of Abraham, right? And God doesn't want us to have religiosity. He want, He don't want us to have hypocritical, pharisaical positions in our, in our church or spiritual world. He wants us to have great faith in Him. Amen? Would you do me a favor right now and just bow your head? You know, how does this whole faith journey and breakthroughs come. It begins with a personal relationship with Christ. It begins by opening up your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's critical to receiving. How does somebody's life change? Like the lady, the young lady I mentioned to you earlier. When she turned to the Lord. When she opened up her heart in sincerity. Not lip service, heart service. God forgave her, forgave all her sins, cleansed her, washed her, came into her life, filled her with his spirit, gave her hope, broke depression off of her and totally transformed her life. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, can I give you an opportunity to do that right now? If you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I'm ready. 
I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me. Just slip up. Thank you. I see your hand over here, over here, right here. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Those of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray this prayer together. It's a big deal. I rejoice with you. You're receiving a spiritual breakthrough this morning. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. I know I've sinned and I don't deserve your presence. But Lord, today I repent. I ask you to forgive me and I ask you to wash my heart. Jesus, I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. What, what an awesome thing it is for one person to experience the salvation of the Lord. Aren't you glad you got saved? Aren't you glad for these this morning that said, man, I'm ready. Come on, let's give the Lord a good, a good praise offering right now. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Now, let me ask you today, how many of you say, man, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough, my Lord. Let me see your hands. I, I need a breakthrough. Now, if you just raised your hand, would you do me a favor and just stand up right where you are? And I want you to, I want you to just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to just, like you can physically take that breakthrough that you need. And I want you to just, just turn it towards the Lord right now. And I want to just stir you this morning. I want to stir you to, and I want to just ask you this morning, do you believe that God is able to give you the breakthrough? Come on, I want you to answer that. Now, now maybe, maybe you're like me sometimes and you say, yeah, yeah, I, I think he can do it. But half of me says, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. I want you to just, I want you to right now say, Lord, I trust you. Come on, just tell him, I trust you. Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe. Like, like the man said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Come on, just tell the Lord right now. And come on, just lift up your heart to the Lord. And just, just engage your faith right now. And I want you to just picture that breakthrough coming right now. And I want to agree with you this morning as you stand. Now, those of you that are standing, I want you to just lift both hands to the Lord right now. And just in an honorable way, just in an honorable way, just humble your heart before the Lord and just tell Him, Lord, I honor you. I honor you, Lord. I reverence you, Lord. I surrender to you, Lord. Come on, just tell Him, Lord, I give my life to you today. Lord, you're not a common man. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you deserve my sincere worship today. And I give you my sincere. Come on, just honor Him right there. Just honor Him. Come on, the Lord might be telling you, you need to honor people that you hadn't been honoring. You might need to start honoring people in your household. You might not need to start honoring people in your neighborhood, at your workplace. Come on, just right there where 
wherever you are, say, Lord, I'm going to honor those that are created in your image and in your likeness today. I honor you, Lord, today. And I, I, I just set my heart on you. Thank you, Father. Come on. Just begin worshiping him. Just begin worshiping. We worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We bless you. Come on. Sometimes it's right in the place of honor that the breakthrough comes. In the name of Jesus, I declare that by the grace of God, that the power of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God is coming upon your people right now. Now, listen, I want you to just, like the Lord was asking you the question, do you believe that I can give you the breakthrough? Come on, like Abraham. Abraham said, I, the Lord said, you're going to have so many children. And Abraham, really, Lord? Really? Come on, the Lord is asking you, do you believe that I can give you the breakthrough? Come on, and you just answer from your heart and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for the release of your grace on your people right now. In Jesus' name. Now, those of you that didn't raise your hand, would you just do me a favor? Would you just stand with these that are standing? And I want to just stir you up today. The Lord says to you, you have not reached the pinnacle, the apex of what I want to do in you and do through you. Don't be complacent. Don't be apathetic. Stir yourself up. And begin to look for new seasons, new breakthroughs, and new blessings in your life. For I am not done with the, with the work. He who began the good work in you shall complete it. Amen. I'm on, I want to pray for all of you today. And I'm praying for miraculous breakthroughs. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you and I praise you. Lord, I release my faith over this congregation today and I'm believing with them greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world Lord God we're not failures Lord we're more than conquerors thank you Father God that the blessing of the Lord the hand of the Lord is just being released over our life and I thank you that favor and blessing and prosperity and, and, and grace is upon each and every one of us today I thank you and I praise you for hearing our prayer and for answering our prayer and everybody shouted and said amen. amen everybody shouted and said amen amen now come on just worship him we worship you we honor you we bless you lord we praise you father god amen and amen isn't it interesting that when abraham got his breakthrough it was whenever he gave his greatest offering of worship to god and he gave God his best, which was the, the son of the promise. And the Lord said, put him on the altar. And Abraham said, yes, Lord, I will. He gave everything to God. And God said, you know what? I'm going to bless you. Come on, how many of you know the best place to live your life is serving the Lord? Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope you were encouraged today. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. You have a wonderful day and have a great week.